Welcome to the podcast, Working with Children and Young People. It's hosted by me, Dr. Kay Calver. In each episode, I will be joined by a special guest to explore different career options relating to working with children and young people. We will also explore current issues facing the sector and offer top tips for achieving your desired career. In this week's episode of the podcast, Olpa discusses her role as an SEND Progress Coordinator at a college in London. Olpa studied BA Honours Childhood and Youth at the University of Northampton and after she graduated started as an SEND support worker on an agency contract. Olpa explains how she progressed within the college and is now an SEND Progress Coordinator. She is responsible for around 70 learners at the college who have an EHCP and it is her responsibility to ensure that their needs are met within the college. Olpa shares her top tips for anyone interested in working with young people with SEND, especially in a college environment, and highlights the importance of a strong team and a supportive manager. So welcome to the podcast, Olpa. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk with me today. Um, So for context, I met you when you were a student at the University of Northampton when you were studying for your BA Honours Childhood and Youth degree. And we were just talking before we started to record that it has been an incredible amount of time um, since we uh, kind of last worked together and that you had yeah. elected in 2019. Yeah. How much has kind of happened and changed since then? Mm-hmm. So um, can you give us um, the title of your current job? And then, or would you like to talk about it kind of like chronologically, so like what happened to Orpa from 2019 onwards? Because I know you've had quite a few different jobs. What were you easiest to do? Yeah, we can we can go backwards. Um, I'm okay with that. I mean, chronological order, I'm okay with that. Okay, so let's go back in time to 2019 before any of us even knew that COVID had happened. <laughs> yeah. So you graduated from your degree and then... What what happened there? What what did you go on to do? So when I was at uni, I was also working a part-time job in a paint shop, which I really, really hated. And then I was contacted by a read agency, which, by the way, I think if you're trying to go through the education route, in my opinion, because I've worked with them, um, hiring some of their staff as well after... Um, after I got my permanent contract at my current job, I found that they are the best agency to go through when it comes to education. And they are very persistent. Well, to be fair, I found my consultant very persistent and they were able to give me staff when I needed staff so quickly. But yeah, so they contacted me to um, for this job uh South Thames College and I was like oh my gosh she's so close to the house like it was so perfect I literally had an hour to get ready for the interview before this interview I think I had the interview in October 2019 I graduated in July 2019 and between July and October I was like very miserable I was just like oh my gosh how am I going to find a job based on what I've studied because it's so like we spoke about earlier it's so like wide open like it's such a big range like I can do anything with children and young people 
So I was finding kind of difficult. I know I didn't want to teach. Yeah. But then I ended up teaching for a little bit. So, <laughs> um, so I went to this interview and I was, the interview was literally like a conversation. It was so, it was flowing. It was just, there was so much knowledge to take from them. And then so much knowledge for me to give that it just felt like it was a conversation. And then I kind of just asked um, the lady I was interviewing me, I said, um, can I just find out now if I got the job because I can't go home and wait and then I find out I don't have it. She was like, yeah, you got the job. And then that was it really. And then I, I started, I think the Monday, I believe the interview on a Friday and I started on a Monday. Oh, wow. So you got told about the job now interview yeah like what two days later that was a very quick turnaround yeah I think it was two days later but it was no more than a week yeah I started the job and I was working as a um a support worker in uh SCN um, foundation learning part of the college and I was literally at the time my manager uh I was her right hand woman so we worked hand in hand what she needed I was there and she saw how much potential I had and how much I wanted to like move up in my role and lo and behold she went on maternity leave and then from then my manager had uh so her manager who is the overall manager had asked me to step up as lead support worker and we discussed pay and at this time, I'm still at agency staff, so I was only working uh, Monday to Friday. and No, I was working Tuesday to Friday, and I was getting paid hourly. Um, and, like, over the holidays, I wouldn't get paid. So that was the bummer. That's when the, paint, the painting job came in handy because I was not getting paid over the holiday. I think at the time, I was getting about just over £300 a week. And then when I went into lead support worker, I was getting just over £400 a week. So that was not bad. And at the time, I still lived with my parents. So it was like pretty easy. Like I was lavish, <laughs> living living good life. Um, so I'd done that role for about a year and a permanent role came out for an inclusive learning officer. And my manager said I should go for it. I was really nervous, but I just went for it anyway. Uh, and I think at the time, the pay was about, I want to say it was like one, two, one, three. I'm not quite sure, a month. Um, so I went for the role and that role consisted of me managing. So I was already managing from when I became a lead support. Um, which is where I started interviewing staff, um, agency staff from like Reed, Prospero, um, Tempting, like all these education agency. I was working with them for a bit. And then when I became an uh, inclusive learning officer, I was also doing the same thing. Um, I had to make sure that I arranged support for the learners in class. So making sure that if they want to one, they were would they want to one, two to one, three to one, and so forth. Um, organizing trips for them, things to do, doing some cooking lessons with them. I taught a bit of functional skills of maths and English. Um, 
yeah, so I was I was trying to get as much experience as I can. And even in that, uh, in in between all of that, I was trying to do some like extra courses just so that my CV can be like better. And at the side, I, I decided, so when I became an inclusive learning officer, I decided to quit the paint job. So I quit that job. And then in the summer, because I was term time, so I had the six, six weeks holiday free, I'd done NCS instead. And based on my experience, I started as a um, uh, a team leader. Then I went into um, a, um, an assistant wave leader, which is looking after like about 120 learners. And then I went into uh, a wave leader and that was like really good. The money was really good as well. I can't remember how much. I think I got one summer, I got paid like 2,000 and something pounds. And that's on top of my actual pay as well. So it was really good. Um, and everyone used to say to me, Opa, you don't rest, you just work. Because I feel like, because I enjoy what I do, I just, it, it seems so normal to me. Um, yes, quite a few years, haven't you? Yeah, I'm yeah, done it for three years. And for me, it's like, it's hard, but it's one of the best experience because you get to meet so many young people. And when you see them, like, progress and stuff like that into different, like, into, like, from when they started, for example, until like after the two weeks, their behavior changes. And I'm like really, really keen on working with the naughty, like as people say, the naughty young people. And I, fi- I find that, I don't know, I find it nice. I really enjoy it. I just, I think it's funny and I can kind of relate to them in a way. Yeah, um, anyone hasn't heard of NCS? How would you describe it to someone? What What is it? But it's essentially, um, you have like a project where, well, you basically assist young people where they have to come up with a, a project where they want to do, whether it's working with a charity or doing something to help within their local community. You do camping with them, you help them with life skills, cook meals, you learn about allyship and just different so so many different things and obviously in in that as well there's also safeguarding so you have to make sure that you got your safeguarding cap on and sometimes you have to think on the spot and sometimes it's like but the good thing about NCS is that there's always uh, a designated safeguarding lead you can call straight away or your either your team leader or your wave leader is the person that does all of that anyway as long as you report any incident to them but that's basically NCS. You get to you get to work so different waves. I think one of the waves I worked at there's not normally like about six waves. It depends if it's the autumn or the summer. And with those waves, you can do as much waves as you want. And um, yeah, that's basically NCS. So it, it it stands for National Citizen Service. That's it. I've really ever heard it referred to as NCS. And that does it it's ncs ncs yeah i was like Ooh. yeah so national citizen service there's actually yeah as you say it's a really fun thing to do and you get to work with a range of different um young people on various projects yeah it also is a great way to supplement your income as well as you say that when you're in a job that's term time only if you've got that flexibility to work over the holidays yeah it's a great way to a enhance your cv but also to um get paid did you do ncs when you were still a student at northampton no 
I didn't. I think I started it after uni. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So and also for people to recognize NTSC, wear the different colored tops. It's either blue, purple, orange, red, and it says NCS right across it. You can't miss it. Or you have the hoodies as well. Yeah. Um. So after, obviously, still doing NCS and started my role as an inclusive learning officer and loved it. Like, I was dealing with parents, um, you know, prof- other professionals, young people, and I said to myself, this is what I want to do. I don't want to teach. I want to do that, the background kind of stuff, the admin side that like everyone probably hates. And, and then when COVID hit, we was doing um, online learning. So it was on Teams and it was really difficult, especially with learners who can't use the internet properly who can't spell you can't it was really really a struggle and one thing I can say my team are a dream team they they have been amazing from the moment I started until now they were great during COVID and it was so nice because on the last day of the academic year during COVID we'd done like a a team's um graduation for them where everybody kind of performed their little bits, although it was lagging a bit with the internet, but it was just so nice to see. And yeah, that, and it was just like the normal stuff that we used to do. Whereas because of, uh, whereas before, like we, before we would do stuff like do the end of year play and we did all of that on Teams. And now I don't know how we managed to do it, but it was great. It was actually great. Um... And then a role came out for progress coordinator. I was really nervous to apply for that role. So a progress coordinator is um, is a designated um, staff who works with the local authority. They work with the professionals. They do annual review meetings. I don't know if anyone knows what EHCP is, but um, for those that don't know, it's an education healthcare plan, which well majority of young people with needs have and if they don't we can apply for and the process is quite long but as a progress coordinator my job will be to support the family apply for EHCP do their annual review meetings so ask for rural funding ask for cognitive assessments so there's just so many things that I can do within my role uh, when it comes to supporting the young people and their family um, with their life at college um, so that role came out I applied for it because I hate interviews I didn't get it but that didn't that didn't knock me I still kept going and then the role came up again and I said this role is mine <laughs> and then I applied for it and then I went a thing about me I don't know how to sell myself so that's one thing that um I've, done, I've got so much experience. So when it came to the interview, the first interview of a progress coordinator, I didn't get the role because I didn't I didn't tell them everything that I do. So, and then the second time I came up, I got the role and I got it as an interim first. I was covering for a member of staff or maternity leave. And then I had to do the interview again to get the permanent role. And I got the permanent role, which I started... 
four weeks ago. Although I have been doing it for a year anyway, but officially, without being an interim, I started it officially four weeks ago. And it's fun. I have a caseload of of about 70 young people. And these young people have different needs, dyspraxia, dyslexic, dyslexia. ADHD, ADD, um, you name it, emotional dysregulation. And I have a cool hall of different subjects in the college I look after, for example, health and social care construction and any learners that's in those kind of classrooms that have an EHCP plan will be under my care and the ages kind of range between zero to twenty well zero to twenty five to have an EHCP while the learners I look after are between sixteen to about I think my eldest learner is probably like twenty four or is like twenty four or twenty three around that age bracket. Um yeah that's basically me and everything that I do. Definitely a whistle stop simplified version of everything you do. I'm yeah. Sure. So uh, it's really nice to see then that you've really progressed through that same that one college. Yeah. While you were saying you've had multiple jobs over the last few years. Yeah. It's like you've chopped and changed like different like industries or different settings. You've just progressed up, and I, I'm assuming each time it was like a promotion. Yeah more senior role and um, if you don't mind me asking from when you graduated in the July to when you got your first ever job in the October and you were panicking about what you were doing were you applying for jobs then or were you just really trying to stop and think about what it was you wanted to do no I was applying um I applied for quite a lot of jobs I had like a spreadsheet <laughs> So I can remember which jobs I applied for and what the role was just in case I get called back. I think I did get a few callbacks. I went to one interview and then this job came up and then I had another interview, but I was already in the job and I was quite happy with my job and my team as well. So if there's anyone listening that, you know, might have been in a similar or is in a similar situation where it might be you know, out of work, really trying to apply kind of really wondering or kind of questioning what it is they want to do what how what advice might you give to them if you're if they're in that kind of phase of life I think it's perseverance because you apply for a job and straight away you think okay I've applied for it didn't make it back to me but you're forgetting that there's a lot of people applying for the same role I think keep applying having Keep applying for jobs and being organised because you don't want to go to an interview. For example, if I was to interview someone and then you come to the interview and you're kind of like, I don't even know what role this is. I'm going to kind of look at you and be like, hmm, not really good enough. But I think keep yourself organised. Have like a like be a spreadsheet of what jobs you apply for and what role, what roles you apply for and like, like the dates that you apply for it. Um, it, it kind of helps jog your memory so you can go back and look at the um, the JD as well. You made the job, job description. Sorry, yeah, the job description. Um, you your acronym. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, 
I think that's that point you made about when you go to interview, you've got to really, and even in your application, you've got to make it really clear that you know what this job is yeah. and that you have tailored your application yeah. your approach to the interview for that yeah. particular job. Yeah. You've not just kind of, you know, copied and pasted apply all to multiple jobs. Yeah. You know, you know this job and you want this job and you know this employer and kind of making them really feel that sense when you're in the interview is something that tends to stand out. I forgot to say as well, and I'm also working at a residential care home for young people with autism. Who are you? When, yeah. when are you getting that in? No, I, I do that on a Saturday and it's literally just doing activities with them and it's so fun. I am probably going to sound like your family now and say like... I am how, how do you... No, as a genuine question, so... I'm guessing as the progress coordinator, you're working Monday to Friday. Yeah. You're doing a residential on Monday. And are you still doing things like NCS over your holiday? No, so NCS, I've stopped doing NCS. But do you, do you find this is like a healthy work balance for you? Do, do you like thrive on the busyness of it? Or how do you find that like right balance between... I think with my Saturday job, I can like just take days off whenever I don't want to work. Um, so it's more so, um, what do you call it, bank staff? Yeah. Yeah, so I get to pick when I want to work. Obviously, I try to be as consistent because it does affect the the young people I work with. Excuse me. But other than that, I, I still go out after work. <laughs> like, for example, this weekend, I'm going out on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I still get to still be me and still yeah. have fun. And even in the evenings, if I want to, like, watch, I still have that time to just do me. I guess people people say, oh, yeah, Opa, you do work a lot. And I, I do see where they're coming from. And I there's times when I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. And when that time hits, that's when half-term comes in very handy because I get to work from home. So it's more chilled and more relaxed compared to um, having to go into the office even during half-term. So I guess I make it work. Yeah, yeah. And I think you sound really passionate about what you do as well. And so I think, you know, you obviously enjoy it. Um, and you actually yeah. say you sound like you've got a great team that you work with. And it really makes a difference. I think if you get on well with the people that you work with, it becomes yeah. the idea of going to work feels like less of a, a chore and it's something that you enjoy doing, yeah. a place that you enjoy spending time. Um, yeah, I am planning to to still um, move up in my role. Okay. Next question then. <laughs> where, where is future Orpa heading? How do you see your kind of career progressing then? So you're the progress coordinator now. Yeah. What would be the next step for you? If my manager's listening to this, um, I care about you dearly. So <laughs> um, I keep telling her I'm going to come for her role okay and what's happening uh she's an inclusive learning manager okay and um i think she thinks i'm joking um so that's 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 but it's not like in a spiteful way but it's more so i'm up for the challenge yeah and i just want to have and do it so what how would that be different to your current role what would it be she 
does basically what all the progress coordinator does and above. She is in contact with the local authority. She does the funding requests. She does the consultations for the education healthcare plans. So she basically, if there's no progress coordinator, she's by herself and she has to do her role plus the progress coordinator's roles. Um, even if it was to be, uh, so with um, South Sam's College, there's four campuses. Even if it was to be at a different campus, I'll be, I will be sad to leave my campus, but I'll be happy to go and do that role at yeah. a different campus. Um, but it's, it's a role where I have to be very prepared. And if I was to do that role, I cannot do anything else. It will be solely focused on that until I find my feet and then I can spread my wings. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, having said that, I am thinking of coming back to uni and doing my master's. But then I don't know how I don't know how I feel about that just yet. <laughs> so you've had a nice break now, so yeah. maybe maybe it's time. Have you thought what masters you'd like to do? I was thinking about social work. Um but I don't know. I might focus more on like behavior or safeguarding. So um, I just kind of need to figure out what I want to do and if it's actually what I want. Because if I, if I don't do it wholeheartedly, I won't be able to finish it. So I need to be super sure. And especially if I'm getting myself into debt, I need to make sure that I'm doing it and I'm doing it all the way to the end. So do you think a master's would help you in terms of your career progression? Um, I think so, yeah. Especially if I think about taking kind of the safeguarding route. And if you take the safeguarding route, the pay is really good, guys. I don't know. I think um, I was having a conversation with someone that kind of works in that um, sector. Pay is around like six something plus maybe depending on what the role is yeah in a, in a college environment or uh no with the local authority okay. yeah well send me their contact details and <laughs> the podcast and we can get chatting about their job and we can all learn <laughs> um so yeah so i think that nicely captures your range of different jobs and it's really like inspiring in some ways as well the fact that you went from you know very contractual hourly paid um work at the beginning which is sometimes criticized in terms of like employee rights as you say it's really financially challenging over the holidays you tend not to have like the same kind of rights and entitlements as yeah proper contract but it's really nice to see that you know you've gone you've gone through and that the college also sounds like it's been really supportive in terms of helping you progress yeah and and to get other roles as you move forward if you don't mind sharing now that you're a progress coordinator how does your salary now kind of um reflect that um i am over 30k a year so i i guess that's good yeah and um and so yeah if you think about in that what four years 
you've, your salary has really increased in, in that time frame, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, I want to say it's doubled. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can imagine it would have done from what you what you started out on that role to where you are now. I think it's more than doubled, actually. Yeah. yeah. From an inclusive learning officer to, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's more than doubled, actually, yeah. But then that, you can still, I don't think I'm on the high end of this, the spectrum. Yeah, on that high The scale, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I don't think and so is your job a job where you'd get an increase each year and you want like um, a pay spine where it'll go up yeah because I think I got one last year yeah but um yeah so quite a lot of jobs especially in education you'll be on um pay scales so yes at a certain point and then each year as long as you meet your kind of outcomes and expectations you'll go you'll go up the pay spine and so you reach the top of your like funding yeah, and then you'll either kind of stay there or it'll be time to apply for a promotion. Yeah, can you just add? I think with with me personally, I found that people saw my my determination more than I did. So I was more. I would say, if it was just me, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have probably be at the level I am at when it comes to work. I was like not pushed but I was encouraged I had a great manager who would not tell who would not be afraid to let me lead and take on you know like I would to be fair I was always willing to do the extra anyway I would there was a time I remember when officer was coming I stayed at work until 10 p.m working on those learner profiles making sure they were ready so it's like just doing the extra amount sometime you know they're staying late you might think oh it's a bummer but in the long run, people are noticing that you're doing that and it pays a lot more. So, yeah, that's just what I wanted to add. Yeah. And I suppose as well for you moving forward in your career and being that person that, you know, spots the potential in others and helping raise them up as well. And I remember, I hope you don't mind me saying, yeah. when you were a student, you know, you're very, very capable, but you're you're not your biggest cheerleader. Yeah. And as you said, like in the interviews, you struggle to sell yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, to say what you can do and what experience you've got. And I think it's important that when we're working with other people that we try and, you know, yeah. encourage them to see that in themselves, open opportunities, yeah. give them chances and like a safe space to practice. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Because I, I think if it, wasn't, if it wasn't for the team I had and my managers... Yeah, I think I would have just stayed comfortable. I wasn't stretched myself as well. Yeah. So you've obviously developed um, a real kind of area of expertise in relation to special educational needs. Mm-hmm. And that's somewhere where you know you've really crafted your career. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've had multiple roles within that kind of area. If someone was interested in kind of working in a college, working with learners who have special educational needs, what three pieces of advice would you give someone that might be interested in a role like that? Um, I think, yeah, you're willing to learn and that you're confident within yourself because if 
if you're not confident when you're talking to a parent, because I remember when I was a learning coach, I was the, or like a, a support worker, there was times when I don't know what I'm saying, but somehow, to me anyway, I don't know what I'm saying, but somehow a parent, it made a parent feel better and they thought they could trust me while I was saying. And then when I go back to check, I was actually saying the right thing. So it's just having that confidence and putting yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good advice. Would, would you give anything, suggest anything else? You said you were doing like quite a few courses and things to enhance your... Yeah, um, doing some short courses as well is helpful. But I was mainly doing that as I was already in the college because the college would pay for it and I would do it. Um, just putting your foot in the water and not being afraid to try new things. Like even the courses I did, I didn't want to do them. <laughs> I was encouraged to do them. The opportunity was there. I had to kind of tell myself, come on, but you just have to do it at the end of the day. It's for your own benefit. And when, when I've done it, it's like, yeah, I feel a sense of accomplishment. And if S um, SEN is like the route that you're trying to get into, I think apply for like colleges or like schools that have, that's mainstream, but they have like a, a SEN sector. Because I feel like you get a, a, a different perspective of working with SEN instead of like working at SEN school. Cause I feel like you're quite restricted when you're working in SEN school. And and I see that a lot with like young people who come to college when they've come from a specialist school. They find it really hard with that transition because they're used to working in smaller groups, um, one-to-ones most of the time. Whereas in a college it's like you still, you have to go to the canteen, have lunch with people. So, and I see that in staff as well. They just find it really hard to, I want to say integrate yeah, I think I think I'm making sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and then, is there anything else that you'd like to share as part of kind of your experience, or any other bits of advice that you'd like to offer to other people listening? Um, do you know what? I don't necessarily have advice per se, apart from everything I've said and I've repeated so many times. Um, sometimes I know like people might think it's bad to be noticed but make sure that you're noticed and I realized that because I was off work for a little bit and I realized that I was I was when I came back to work I realized that people do notice that I'm there and the work that I do does scream and shout because there were staff members that I don't necessarily know in the college that were like oh my gosh open your back this is great I had a parent on the phone today who was so happy that I was back from leave just because she felt like I I was the professional that was making the difference in her child's life. So sometimes being noticed is not necessarily a bad thing um, as well. And I would just say, just keep being consistent, organized, and just like have fun with it. If you don't, then you work. Cause I go to, I go to work every day and I, I have a not that I have a smile on my face, but I'm not sad and I'm not upset that I'm going into work. Uh and when I'm at work, I'm very bubbly. When my spirit is down, people are able to notice that Opa's not okay. Cause I'm not normally like that. I'm very bubbly at work. I'm like the one to put do pranks and do jokes on people, even under students. So it's like 
actually do do it because you enjoy it, not just because of the pay, but because you enjoy it, because it makes it so much easier and it makes that paycheck really nice when it comes in. Yeah, and that's the aspiration, I think, isn't it? That everyone yeah. has a job that they enjoy doing and hopefully everyone just find their niche, their little yeah. passion, uh, eventually. But yeah, thank you so much for talking today, Opa, and sharing your experience. That's all right. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. I hope you found it informative and inspiring. Please share the podcast with others that you think might find this useful and feel free to connect with us on Instagram. Instagram.